What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. Fuck Seth Green. Yeah, I still got a piece of his friend's tooth lodged in my knuckles. Seth Green is a punk. Yeah, a punk that Charlie and the studio want to do the show with, so I got to be professional and put this shit aside. Here, here. No more wasting energy on gripes and grudges. How you feeling? Rejuvenated. Did you sleep on that Tempur-Pedic pillow I put on your bed? I sure did, Johnny. Thank you. Oh, you dropped off your size this morning. Oh, thank you, Terrible. So E's got to kiss Seth Green's ass, and we don't get to take down the douche director. Try to ruin the dream, Johnny. I don't believe it. What's wrong? You give away more of your lines? No, he just cut out most of them. Cock sucking Nazi bastard. What's up, baby bros? Welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from the Hamptons in New York. In the Hamptons for one more night, then I'm off to San Francisco for a night, and then it is all the way down to Bogota. We have got a fun episode for you today, Seth Green Day. I actually recorded this one before I recorded Pi last week's episode, so there might be a few things repeated. I think I talked about how Obama got elected that week twice, so bear with that. Had Tass Anderson on. It's one of the co-founders of Diism.com. I used to work with him at Bro Bible. Tass and I have been internet friends for a long time. We stay in touch mainly about sports, and uh, he finally agreed to come on and do the pod with me. Tons of fun. Tass is a great guy. He told an incredible story about his con film festival experience. You don't want to miss it. Another long one for you guys. I don't know. Maybe the addition of the new categories just caused these episodes to be a little bit longer. As I mentioned, the rest of this week I will be in Bogota, so I don't yet know if I'm going to have an episode ready by next Monday. Let's be safe and just plan on next Monday there being no episode. Uh, like I mentioned uh, last week, the Bodata trip kind of came out of nowhere. I'm scrambling a little bit to see if I can throw something together when I'm down there, but I don't know if I'll have enough time. I don't want to promise you guys something and leave you hanging. I want to give a special shout out to everyone who's been listening. I've gotten some really nice notes over the past month or so with people happy that the pod's back, thanking me. Got a really nice message over Reddit a few days ago uh, from a guy all the way in Serbia. So shout out to you, man, just listening in Serbia. I love that this podcast has gone global. Make sure you tell your friends, family. If you're, if you're happy the pod's back, leave a five-star review. I don't really care about that stuff anymore, but I guess those things are important for helping grow a podcast. Uh, follow the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at OyeahPod, and shoot me a follow, at JR will do it on all those platforms as well. I will talk to you guys in the next 10 to 14 days. Check out some content coming from me from Bogota. Enjoy this episode with Cass Anderson, and have a great rest of your week. My guest this week. He's currently a partner at BroBible.com. He was a co-founder of Diism.com, and he's dialing in from Tampa, Florida. Cass Anderson, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. Thank you for having me. Technically, Sarasota. We say Tampa Bay area, just because I'm a Tampa Bay sports fan. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Dude, this is long overdue. We, we've known each other since uh, I started at Bro Bible two, three years ago. You know, mm-hmm. me, you, me, and Brandon, like, we've, we've circled each other, and I've spent a lot of mm-hmm. time with Brandon, but... This is our first time actually talking face-to-face, so really appreciate you hopping on to, to break down the show from our childhood. That's funny. I mean, I, we, we, I missed you in Palm Springs the time I was out there, um, and our time at Bro Bible was, you know, everything was kind of everything done digitally. We never had a chance to actually just to shoot it, 
I know, short-lived as well. Mm -hmm. First question I like to ask my guests is what is your relationship with Entourage like? When did you first watch it? Did you watch it all the way through? Did you watch Mm -hmm. the movie? Everyone's got a different story when it comes to Entourage. So I I started from day one. Uh, It overlapped when I was in college and we, we would get together on Sunday nights for like guys night when HBO was like, it, it was it. Like, yeah. It was also a time in life, oddly, in college when, even though we, I think we all collectively had girlfriends around senior, junior, uh, we would still go to movies, just the guys, like yeah. um, Kill Bill. And I cannot tell you the last time I went to a movie with just the guys. But so Sunday nights, we'd get together. Some of us, sometimes we would cook. Uh, and it, I forget if it backed up to The Sopranos, if it preceded The Sopranos, or if it was around that weird vampire movie kind of all runs together at the time but true it was blood. like true blood yeah, the show true yeah. blood yeah but it yeah. was like our communal sunday night classes tomorrow at fsu um, oh man that was that was where it was going and then i stuck with it throughout the years i did watch the movie i don't know if i watched all eight seasons because i i feel like i got really i, I was moving at the time and i think i might have missed season seven but then when i realized the movie was out i, I watched season eight thinking there was finality. And then I, I did watch the movie. Yeah. And sadly, like season eight, which we'll get to in about yeah. six months here, season eight, there's no finality. Like, uh, you know, right. Vinny gets married yeah. at the end of the show and then movie starts and they're like, Vinny's getting divorced. It's just like <laughs> total revisionist mm-hmm. history. So that's great. I, I miss those days, man. I miss going to see movies with my boy. I think the last movie I saw with a group of guys i was at i went to depaul in chicago the depaul track mm-hmm. team we saw jackass 2 live oh, on opening God. night and that is just like a seminal film going experience for me mm-hmm. i remember it like it was yesterday and it was you know 18 years ago <laughs> i genuinely don't remember the last one i saw with the boys um it has been that long like the one that sticks out to me the most at at fsu was uh kill bill because yeah. every, everyone I was with took Xanax except for me and passed out in their seats. And um, it's a weird, weird drug and movie combination. State school, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they all woke up and it was like, that movie sucked. It was so boring. I was like, that's the greatest movie I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life. Like, I don't know what the fuck you people just watched. Uh, clearly, you didn't watch anything. And then uh, my my only other recollection from that night is there was a Krispy Kreme next door. So we Ooh we got dropped off by someone's girlfriend and then we had to like walk to the drive-thru and they're like, nah, yeah. you guys are all clearly on drugs. And I'm like, I swear I've been sober the whole night. Just give me, <laughs> give me this. You guys are zanned out looking for some crispy dreams. That's hilarious. Cass, we are talking mm-hmm. on episode 10 of season five today. Seth Green Day. Mm-hmm. It's original air date. You kind of already answered, but where were you on this date? On that Not the exact date. date, but like the fall of 2008. So I, I, I knew, I knew this is a recurring question because of the camera Lango episode. So I actually looked up the date of this episode. I was in my apartment at 81st and third. I uh, had, I just li- living in New York for over 12 months. I, okay. My, my uh, moving date was November 1st, the year prior. And I only remembered that because earlier in the week i guess that was the the election when obama won yep. and i was yep. still registered to vote in florida and someone at a bar was just reaming me out because i did not vote because i like <laughs> i didn't at that time i like i didn't get an absentee vote i was still like a young alcoholic you know i just yeah, moved yeah, to yeah. the city yeah. um and, and 
it just really stuck with me that like that moment I was at this bar fish on bleaker where our roommate worked. Fantastic. Uh, it was $10 for half a dozen oysters and a beer. Great special sticks with you. Oh man. And this person just flipping out on me. Yep. So that's, that's where I was. Um, I was like kind of doing like freelance social media consulting at the time back when dig was reddit before reddit was reddit mm -hmm. and there was like a power user profile thing and i was able to just move traffic around to various websites and that was something i didn't even know was a valuable skill until a friend of mine was working he's like you just crashed servers for my entire company i was like perfect got a new career yeah i was about to say and then you turned that into a career a successful yeah. at that so congrats yeah. that small moment it's funny that you bring this up because I, I i guess it didn't occur to me Obama was inaugurated like November 2008. So we're talking mm -hmm. right then and there. And I remember people don't love hearing about my personal life, but like I was working at Maggiano's Little Italy in Chicago. I was a little younger than nice. you. I was probably a sophomore yeah. in college. And I took the red line back up to Lincoln Park where my campus was. And as I was walking back to my apartment, the whole city was celebrating. Like, the, mm -hmm. like there was like, you know, oh, yeah. so much noise and fireworks yeah. and people cheering and someone was blaring the young Jeezy song. He's not young Jeezy, he's Jeezy. My president mm -hmm. is black. And uh, I just remember hearing that and walking down, you know, Sheffield and just, that's just like an, a, an iconic moment in my life. So yeah. I know exactly where I was when this episode aired and uh, a pretty, yeah. pretty cool time in history, but I actually have some, uh, you know, some time capsule stuff for you. So the okay. next day, this is, uh, this is baseball news. Not a lot of baseball news in November, Cass, mm -hmm. but uh, it, it's pertinent to you and I. Here's why. So the next day, Monday, November 10th, the 2008 Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year award winners were announced. The National League, uh, Giovanni Soto from my Chicago Cubs. Who mm -hmm. was the Rookie of the Year for the American League? 2008? Yeah. So because it's pertinent to both of us, I, I generally don't remember, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess David Price or Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria for your Tampa yeah. Bay Rays. Congrats. Yeah. Ah, that was such a good time. A year later, we had the Phillies in the in the World Series until they screwed us. But oh, and 08 for yeah. us was we blew mm -hmm. it against the Dodgers. And uh, we had a we had a stat team and we were gonna come back from the Bartman thing even stronger, and it just never happened mm -hmm. for another eight years. Mm -hmm. So three days later, on Wednesday, November 12th, the 2008 Major League Baseball Manager of the Year award winners were announced. For the National League, it was Lou Pinella for my Chicago Tubs, and for the mm -hmm. American League, it was your future Cubs uh, manager. Joe Madden for your Tampa Joe Madden, Bay Rays. Joe Madden. Did you ever try his wine? Did he release a local wine in Chicago? Why do I have that in my head? I believe so. I never did, to be honest. He didn't come to Chicago until I had already moved to California, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. But right after the World Series, I'm talking six months, he was just sitting at a hotel bar that I was at um, for a wedding reception. And my best friend who was at Dame 7, and baseball was his life and baseball was like our big bonding thing. He and I were walking out and we saw Joe Madden and we said, we got to just go shake his hand, say hello, anything. Mm -hmm. And we asked my girlfriend at the time, now wife, to just take a photo of us like greeting him. Yeah. And what resulted was like two of the worst, shittiest, blurriest <laughs> photos of all time of like a man awesome. who kind of looks like Joe Madden and like mm -hmm. two giant blurs moving past him. And I'm like, great, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> That was such a fun time for, for, for baseball for us, having just moved to New York and having access to seeing them in New York, Boston, and Baltimore. Yeah. Quick, quick just drive, quick train yeah. ride. Why not? Oh, yeah. The yeah. best. Quick recap. And Cass, this is not quick. This will take about two or three minutes. So just okay. hang tight while I read this. It's from the official HBO website. For anybody who hasn't had a chance to watch this week's episode or, or rewatch this week's episode, 
It's full steam ahead for Eric's new star client, Charlie Williams, and his TV pilot. Only the studio wants to cast E's arch nemesis, Seth Green. E swallows his pride to talk to Seth, who demands that Eric have his ex-girlfriend Sloan call him to ask him to do the show. Eric says no, but uses Seth's demand as an excuse to see Sloan. And once he sees her, E can't bring himself to ask her to go through with it. Meanwhile, on the Smoke Jumper set, Werner and Vince continue to do battle over Vince's reduced lines, and Werner tells Vince he has bad habits as an actor. Ari gets business advice from his daughter Sarah over a family breakfast and decides to change Barbara's mind about Andrew Klein by wooing her. He and Lloyd give Andrew a Hollywood agent makeover, but when Barbara starts grilling Andrew, he has a panic attack, and Barbara sticks with her original answer of no. Eric gets a call that Seth has agreed to do the role, and when he and Charlie and Seth are waiting for the meeting at the studio, Seth taunts E, revealing that Sloan called him after all. Charlie gets angry and jumps Seth, and Eric tries to break it up just as the TV executive enters. It's back to the drawing board for casting. Furious, Ari crashes the women-only luncheon where Barbara's being honored and takes the podium, accusing her of succeeding only on his coattails. He threatens to split the agency in two, and she divs in, agreeing to hire Andrew. Cass, what was your mm. favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? When Ari took the stage, I mean, that, that was such classic Ari because I, I think in like the hierarchy of moments, first off, like Ari never missed a beat and Jeremy Piven never missed a beat. Like that, that, that's his cadence so perfect. Yep. He took that stage. I, I went back and rewatched that scene. First off, there was the only other male in that entire room was a waiter, which was perfectly <laughs> cast. They couldn't do that in 2022. There wasn't a no. single support, not a single supportive husband there. There wasn't like Ari was her partner but there wasn't another partner in the room of all these wildly successful women in LA uh and he just lost his shit and instead of apologizing when asked to apologize he just tripled down in classic Ari Gold fashion it was it was perfect it was weirdly like a temper tantrum at its highest level but like it, it's effective mm-hmm. and I'm not sitting here saying that like Ari was right for it just oh no it, no 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 it he needed to wrong. be done yeah, he was wrong, but he was he's a master of knowing when to press the right buttons. And I think what was funny was like I watched a couple episodes leading up to that one, and it harkened back to like two or three other episodes before when Ari demanded an apology from one of his former employees, yep. or he was gonna yep. punch him in the face. Adam Davies. Yeah, he was gonna he was gonna knock him out in front of all of his coworkers. So they they kind of came full circle there with she's like, all right, I'm you're fucked. Uh yep. I need my apology right now. He's like, okay. And just threw it right back at her. But oh. like he just knows how to twist the screws better than anyone. I mean, so I I, I think that's my moment. Sir, you can't go in there. Well, I'm, I'm the guest I motivational speaker. The women in this room, so thank you. I want to congratulate you in person. Ari, Ari, Ari. Attention, everyone. I'd like to make a toast, ladies. Ari. To Barbara Miller, number 33 on your prestigious list. And you know what? It's actually amazing to me that at her advanced age, this is the first time she's made the list. She probably thought, this is never going to happen. But this little lady is sharp. She went out and she found herself a man to partner up with. And look what she was able to accomplish. Ari, you're making huh? an ass of yourself. It's going to be interesting, though, once she's lost that man to see how she's going to claw her way back into this banquet room. But anyway, cheers to you, Babs, and to all of you out there who have saddled up next to powerful men just so that you can stand in our way. But remember this, although you can stand in our way, you will never keep us down. Thank you. Do you 
honestly think this is the way to get what you want? No, no, I'm not trying to get what I want. I am taking oh, what really? I want. Yeah. Really? How? I'm going to split the agency down the middle. Civil war, Babs. Arm your troops. All over Andrew Klein. No, no, all over your lack of respect. And you think that behaving like a spoiled five-year-old is the way to earn it? I don't give a fuck. Kiss my ass. Been nice knowing you. Fine. Hire your buddy. But it goes on your column when he turns out to be a complete zero. Fine. I want an apology. Fine. Now. Ladies, I'm sorry. I, I would uh, love to congratulate each and every one of you, but unfortunately, Barbara's cock is all I can handle. Congrats again. It is the most yeah. backwards like, <laughs> male so fucked empowerment. Up. It's so, it's fucked, so up. fucked up. And, you know, like I said, you just could not do that in 2022. And, like, no. I don't want this to be in any way an indictment of like who I am. Like I support, I would support, I, I would be a stay at home dad and support my wife over me any day. Watching that unfold, I was like, this is, this is just, it's perfect. Here's my big brain thought on that. I think he was purposefully being as chauvinistic and mm -hmm. sexist as possible because he goes, I'm going to torpedo us right now. I'm mm -hmm. going to bring the whole agency down. I'm going to split us down the middle and you will not be back here next year unless you, and, and his point I think is accurate because she does not give Andrew Klein the time of day. She's made, right. uh, made in front of him to his face yeah. and puts him on the spot, asks him like a really hard hitting interview just, question. It's very obscure. And I also, th that scene was, was interesting. He, he jumped quick to the panic attack, yep. uh, which you know, they, they walked in a Rodeo drive and bought him like a $5,000 suit. Could you imagine putting on $5,000 suit and then having a panic attack in the same yeah. day? Because yeah. like that doesn't compute day. in my brand. It, it was tough. She she really did throw it at him. And another thing that was really interesting about that scene is nobody is booing Ari. Everyone just stays silent and aghast <laughs> until he's done talking. Like, no one pulled the mic. No one shut off the power. No one flicked the lights on him. Yep. They just let him go. And I think it's just one of those classic moments where as a viewer, we're just wrapped up into it. And like, this is exactly how it unfold. But in reality, they would just turn off the lights. Yeah, or cut his mic or something or security. Yeah. You know, there's security yeah. at the hotel, yeah. these types of events with yeah. all these people. Yeah. So completely agree. It's a great scene. It's one of my two favorites. My other favorite, it's a smaller scene, but it's uh, Werner, the German, they call him the Kraut director, uh, mm -hmm. total and, and uh, drama. Werner and Vince's, it's their second walking and talking scene. It's when they talk about trust and Werner being like, you don't trust me, Vincent. And Vince goes, I'm mm -hmm. trying. And Werner goes, no, you're trying to decide what's good for Vincent Chase, the actor, not what is good for my film. And, you know, there's this whole back and forth where Vince is like, oh, but it's, it's our film. And he's like, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's my film. You're here for two months and I'm mm -hmm. on this for two years. It's a yeah. really, really, really good point. And you don't actually it's think a, about it. You're 100% correct about that. And that moment actually struck me. Perfectly. I, he said six weeks, eight weeks, yeah. two months. It was... Yeah. I had never thought, I've never been on a film set for an extended period of time in my life. I've interviewed sure. actors on them, but that was a fantastic point. The director's work lasts forever. And, um, you know, I wouldn't begin to put myself in the mind of an actor like Vinny Chase, but I don't know that an actor generally thinks about how much is going on for the director until they suddenly decide they want a larger slice of the pie. Yeah. And they but say then, that like, there's only a certain echelon of A-list actors who are like that. They say that like Matt Damon will do whatever it takes to make the film better. He's not precious mm -hmm. with his lines. He's not there. And then there's the certain people who need the right amount of screen time to never be portrayed mm -hmm. a certain way. As we know, Tom Cruise can never die in a movie and he can never uh, right. be, you know, uh, towered over by anybody, stuff like that. So there's, it's interesting. I thought it was a really nice glimpse into the dynamics of a film set. Now I don't make films, but I make, 
I've told you I made TV commercials mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. I spend two or three months on a TV commercial and most of the actors we hire are on set for one day. So yeah. if one of them was trying to do their own thing and not listen to the director that I handpicked, it'd be a fucking problem. We'd have to replace mm-hmm. that dude or cut all of his or her scenes. I was going to say, yeah, no, that was, that was, that certainly put me in the mind of an actor. I do think that was also very much a teaching moment for Vince. Like yeah. he, he was, he was thinking for the first time in in the space of an actor and up to that point, he seemed very contentious about like, these are my lines. Yeah. This is my big comeback. Like, yeah. that, you know, Aquaman 2 is disaster. Like, we got to do this. Yeah. Everything needs to be perfect. This guy steal my fucking lines. All of a sudden, he's lying to me. What the hell? And uh, then it just got weird, though, with like the jaw stuff. Yeah. And uh, so director- I was going to say this. I thought if you're watching this in real time, I remember at the time back in. 2008 like being like oh this director is gonna make vince a better actor he's gonna make vince focus on learning the tools of the craft and focusing more on you know bettering the people around and being the steph curry of the uh the film set but then one episode later i don't know if you continued on like Werner is just like lambasting vince to his face in front of a whole crew of people he's like you can't do this job you're terrible it's an uh, interesting and odd like turn and i wonder if it could have just been a Stellan Skarsgård choice, it could have been a script mm-hmm. thing. But regardless, it's almost like Werner is giving Vince a chance and mm-hmm. Vince is continuously letting him down. So by next week's episode, which we'll talk about next week, he's just giving up on him. And he's like, fuck this. Like, you're, you're bad. I'm going to cut all your scenes. You're, you're nothing. Vincent. Yes, sir. You're not happy with me. You walked off in the middle of my take. Well, that take was for you. It wasn't for me. Well, maybe it would have been for you if you watched it. Can we talk alone, please? Listen, today I wanted your body to feel the part and not be distracted by the words. But you wouldn't trust me. You won't trust me. I'm trying. No, you're trying to decide what is good for Vincent Chase, the actor, not what is good for my film. I thought it was our film. No, it's not our film. Filmmaking is collaboration, but it's not democracy. You're on this film maybe eight weeks, then you fly off to something. I work on this film for maybe two years. It's got to be my film, my decisions. If you trust me, I will get from you the performance that enhances my film the most, and thus enhances your performance the most. But you have to trust me, you can't work against me. I understand, I'll try, I'll do my best, whatever you say. Okay. That's good, Vincent. Why don't you go and change and meet me at the screening train? I'll show you some dailies. I'll teach you a few things that will be good for us. Okay. Okay. Um, so you're from Chicago. Do you have Germanic heritage? Because this was a fun fact on the IMD page. Werner, as they keep calling him, is yep. not German. I saw it's, that. Uh, yeah. Um, that was, it, it seemed like such an obvious thing that he himself could have called out on set and be like, no, it's Werner. Everyone say <laughs> Werner. Um, and I got to think there was some, probably more than one, like German American fans out there watching this, being like, "That's, that's not the name of yeah." yeah. yeah. And Skarsgård's Swedish, so like, not that he should know, like he should know more than an American, but like you know, he, yeah. Well, he would um, know that it was. He would know that Werner was was a Nordic name. Yep, one hundred percent. Cass, every week we talk about our favorite bros being bros moments, and that can kind of mean whatever you think it means mm-hmm. and that's just like whether the guys are just doing stuff Rupert Dye do, guys do doing things that you don't really see on tv anymore like 
what, what do you what do you have for this? If you don't, I've got a couple examples. Bros being bros moment of the episode. Nothing's like really jumping out to me other than the very final moment when they were playing Wii tennis. Yeah, that's what, what I what, what struck me about that that was really funny was like they were putting their all into it. And I remember by that point in life, I was playing Wii tennis with like a 32 ounce tall boy on the couch. <laughs> and if you weren't just flicking the wrist while serving, you were doing it wrong and you yeah. deserve to lose where yeah. they were both sweating and, and like putting their all into it. Drama's using it as a workout. And I love that yes. like turtle knows how to do the serve and he's like, you're cheating. And he's like, no, that, yeah. dude, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's yeah. them shit talking each other. One mm-hmm. has the special combination of buttons and hand movements to win. Mm-hmm. It's totally one-sided and it's, it's Vince walks in doing the, he's like working on his posture, yeah. which up yeah. until that moment, I don't think I'd ever in my life considered Vince's fitness. Yeah, He's, he's this, you know, lifelong model, globally famous actor in us. And never up to, up to that point considered like fitness, health, posture. And all of a sudden he's just kind of spaced out, trying to balance something on his head, get his yeah. mind right. And these guys are playing Wii tennis. That's probably a lot of what I was doing at that moment was like binge drinking and playing Wii tennis. <laughs> Drama's like, it's been kind of weird around here ever since. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you played this game before. Nope. It's my natural athletic talent. Yeah, I'd like to see you maneuver your lazy ass on a real court. Oh, uh, yeah? How do you do that? How do you hit it so hard? Well, you just hit it hard. Time it. Match point. <clears throat> You're a cheater. What button is it? Oh, it's not a button. It's skill, and you, sir, have none. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> what button is it? Hey, what's up? You guys get sick of jerking each other off? Crazy drama. Yeah, you name the sport. I'll bust you up. A real sport, not this. So, you got a TV show or what, E? Yeah, we're gonna continue to look for cast. How'd it go here? It's been weird today. Yeah. How so? Yo, yo! 20 minutes, it hasn't moved. What's up? What's up? You tell me. Just trying to keep my head straight. Good day? Yeah, I've seen better. Yeah, me too. But you know what? Tomorrow's a new sunrise. Big scene in the morning. Gotta kill it. Need to rest. Yeah. Um, also, there's a quick scene where Drama and Turtle are horsing around in Video Village on set, which is where you're sitting and watching the monitors. Mm-hmm. They're like tossing nuts up on the air. I mean, that's what you got to do. Like you're sitting there sometimes waiting for scene setups for like hours. So like, I just love it. Like mm-hmm. they get tossed to the guys that you, you guys got to be out of here. Drama's like, are you serious, bro? He's like yeah. so upset yeah. that he can't yeah. be there. It's pretty good. I, you know, if I was stuck <laughs> in Video Village, I would probably be playing with my food a little bit. Watch how high it can go. Oh, that's great drama. I bet you can't do it. I don't want to do it. Pussy. Fine, how much? 50 bucks. Give me one of these nuts. <laughs> and that's how it's done. You owe me 50. Who are you people with? We're with Vince. Werner, I'm Vince's brother. Maybe you recognize me from... Huh. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> okay, you guys gotta go. Huh? Go where? Anywhere, but not near the monitors. You serious, bro? Yeah, go. Come on, you too. Let's go. Now. Come on, guys. Here we go. Explain the term video village to me as a, a layman. Oh, yeah? Is that, am I just exposing well, myself it, to someone? Yeah, it's, it was that where you sit while waiting yeah, to yeah, be Yeah, so like it's, okay. where, it's where everyone besides the production people sit. It's where like the suits, the creatives, the writers, yeah. 
the friends of the actors, the spouses. This is something I probably knew at some point in my life, but have yep. forgotten. Yeah. Yep. And this is only because, and I just told you, I'm, I'm going to shoot a commercial in like two weeks. So tell the folks in Columbia, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. not buttoned up yet or buttoned dialed in yet. But like, if we are in Columbia, I'm going to be just like a couple hours from Midian. I might as well just like go and like record yes. an episode there. Like yes. redo a Midian episode. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's uh it's of all the countries in all in all the, <laughs> all the countries and all you know all the gin joints in the world i'm going mm-hmm. to where fucking entourage was filmed yeah have you done one in the south of france have you done a can episode no no and i mean bit advertising you know convention there every every spring and i still haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to go my wife who's also in the industry has uh had the pleasure of going i've just heard the money at can is just crazy have you done have you done the film festival or anything like that yeah the most absurd weekend of my entire life was the can film festival i got well, tell uh, us. you gotta tell us so it was for it was when i was still with guyism you mentioned there was a co-founder of guyism and um i was the me and chris bagnola were the only ones living in new york at the time so i got called in and it was this kind of play it was a uh kind of play on the most interesting man in the world campaign but it wasn't that beer and uh they they brought us over. We stayed at Pablo Picasso's former home. Oh my god! Um, went to the premiere of the film about Valerie Plume. Something to do with CIA. I fell asleep during the movie because they had us <laughs> drinking just all day. <laughs> so then afterwards, we went to this um, after party at the Hotel du Cap, Hotel okay. du Cap in Antibes. And this was a pretty legendary night in the pantheon of Hollywood. It was the night that Lindsay Lohan's life career was basically over. She skipped court back in the United States to stay at this party that was sponsored by Vanity Fair. And the next day, every newspaper was like, Lindsay Lohan, worn out for her rest. I have a photo of me that night with uh, Paris Hilton. And what happened was... You tweet um, about this pretty often, by the way. (laughs) You've seen it, yeah. So they lost the guest list to get into this party. And I started talking to these girls and I was like, oh, you're from Florida? I'm from Florida, blah, blah, blah. When it comes time, the brand reps were like, hey, we, were like, we paid for these people. They're coming in. Yeah. Uh, these girls were like, Cass, can you get us in? I was like, yeah, come with me. I immediately just started walking ahead. Also, every, we're all wearing tuxedos because yeah. we were on the red carpet. Earlier in the night, I was wearing a skinny tie. This is complete bullshit. They, security pulls me off the red carpet because I'm not wearing a bow tie. It makes me spend like 15 euro on a bow tie on the spot Jesus to go inside. Christ. I get to my seat. 10 minutes later, the cast of the film, including Sean, uh, Sean Depp, I believe is the star, they all show up. Everyone in the cast is wearing skinny ties. I was like, you sons they're not, of bitches. They're not pulling them off the fucking yeah. carpet. Um, so flash forward back to later night. Uh, I try and walk out of these girls, grabs my arm. She's like, guys, you got to say Like, You have to be our date for the night. I was like, okay. Aww. So we get we get into the Hotel de Cap. I, I was like, I'll give us some drink. She's like, you've done enough. I, I find out later it was $10,000 a person to get in this party. No so way. I just completely fucked this brand over and that's why i'm not, <laughs> me- that's why I'm not mentioning their name um it's a belgian oh, the beer, beer. oh the, the, yeah. the alcohol brand yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a gotcha. belgian based beer if you want to look it up um, <laughs> and um there aren't a lot <laughs> the rhymes with fella marois um, <laughs> you know and, what uh, i think they've yeah. been around since the 1300s i think they're mm-hmm. gonna be okay yeah but so the girl gets these drinks and then like i'll choose like do you want to meet our friends She's friends with like Elisa, uh, Adriana Ambrosia, Alessandra. Wow. Alessandra Ambrosia, like all these yeah. uh, Victoria's Secret models. Who were all in an Entourage episode, by the all way. All in an Entourage episode. Forgot to mention who was on my flight two nights before was James Franco. Oh, wow. He was wearing a Yankees hat who was playing my Tampa Bay Rays that night. Okay. And so um, you don't motherfuck him? <laughs> well, so 
we land and we're both waiting for our rides in, in the airport. And I go ask him, I was like, do you know who won last night? Because yeah. he's wearing the hat. I assumed he knew us. He looks at me and said, like, what the fuck is this kid talking about? Yeah. Um, fly forward to like 40 hours later, this middle of this night at this party that was literally like, I think Harvey Weinstein was the host. Like oh this God. was this was that kind of party. Yeah. Um, I, I recognized multiple porn stars at this party from my youth, which was incredible. <laughs> and uh, so James Franco walks in. His, I believe his mother was his date. This is the only cool thing I've ever done in my life. It's like, by the way, you know, got your ass whooped last night? <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, what? And I was like, raise, baby. And uh, this girl's like, Cass, you know him? Can you introduce us? I was like, like we've met. Yeah. It's fine. Nice. So I'm still wearing a tuxedo. Still look cool at the moment. It was, it was, it'll never happen again. Yeah. So I think I made my wife tell this story on, she was on an episode of, oh yeah, oh yeah. This is like early lockdown. You know, I couldn't find a desk essentially. And mm-hmm. so she used to work at Sony Pictures in LA on the studio. And when she was in like her second or third year there, one of her coworkers set her up with a young actor named James Franco. So my wife went on a date with James Franco right before really? Spider-Man premiered. And I, and I, you know, I'm just like, tell me everything. She's like, it's not a good story. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want to hear all of it. Like, I want to hear every fucking detail. I'm so curious. And like, apparently they went to a sushi place and he was kind of a cocky prick and they never saw each other again. But secretly, <laughs> yeah. secretly, I think more happened and I'd still be totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, mm-hmm. it's in another life. All right. We are. <laughs> we're we're sidetracked. We're sidetracked. I love the stories. What's your least favorite moment from this week's episode? The second scene. So the opening scene was pretty gratuitous with the boobs. Yeah. And it was yeah. silly. Like the, the call. That, that was, I mean, that was really all over the place. But then Seth Green oh. calling when he's smoking a joint by the pool, wearing cargo pants, with maybe Doc Martens, I don't know. <laughs> and everyone else is in the pool having a good time. He's calling Eric and he just, the way he makes eric say wet pussy and makes him yeah. say it back to him that like if i could never hear that again <laughs> in my entire life i would be a happy man and he makes him repeat it and it just sets such a tone for yeah. like, who seth is going to be for the entire fucking episode that i'm like this guy like i don't know it, it did a really good hearkening back to how much we hated him when he got like punched in vegas yeah so, yeah if you if you forgot that scene or if you had never even seen that scene, you came in fresh, like fuck, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Yeah. And yeah. there's this like little moment where like E's like, no, I don't have a wet pussy set. Yeah. And the whole car, they're in the SUV. The whole car is like, Jesus. <laughs> it Christ. Like, like, yeah, it's like because like it's not funny and it's very sophomoric and it, mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that Seth Green by the pool scene is like nobody's talking to him. He's like he's clearly like got a bunch of hanger-ons around. He's having a party and he's completely by himself in the corner. And he keeps like raising the uh, receiver of the phone to like mm-hmm. the people at the pool, and nobody's paying attention. Nobody gives a shit. He's like, "Wait, guys, be quiet. There he is. He's calling right now." Nobody could care less because they're just Everything using him for his Everything he pool. does is performative. He yeah. says, "Click." before he hangs up the phone <laughs> who in their right fucking mind says click when they hang up a cell phone have you ever heard that in your life i think it's a, he does a good job of doing exactly what he's supposed to do he gets under he the viewer's oh, yeah. skin oh. he gets under e's skin it's oh, it's yeah. good well, let's when save he... let's save some seth green talk because we're not okay. talking about celebrities coming up oh 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 tim tim hello hello seth in uh, who's calling? Eric Murphy. Oh, is your pussy wet, Eric Murphy? Come on, Seth. Tell me. Eric Murphy, do you have a wet pussy? 
Well? No, Seth, I don't have a wet pussy. My God. Well, that's too bad, because... Who's going to want to fuck your dry pussy? <laughs> that's hysterical. Seth, do you want to talk about this pilot or not? I do, I do, because, um, look, I, I really like it, man. But I gotta ask, do you really feel like we can work together after everything that we've been through? Yeah, I can put personal shit aside for business, can you? I don't know. I don't know, I'd really feel more comfortable if we could just meet face-to-face -face and discuss it. Uh, I'm up in Big Bear. How about, uh, 1 p.m.? Village Pizza on Larchmont. I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it, Seth. Well, you should make it there if you want me to do your piloting. Later, My least favorite moment is, um, you kind of, <laughs> you kind of, uh, mentioned already, but every single scene with Charlie Williams, a.k.a. Bow Wow, um, mm -hmm. so the episode opens where Charlie is having sex while on a very important phone call with the head of a TV studio. Yes. And, like, it's supposed to be funny. It's like, dude, just stop for one minute this is literally your entire career is like hanging in this moment and like you're you just you're so cool you just don't give so much of a fuck that like you're gonna clearly have sex on on the phone it just when you think about it rationally you're like this is idiotic why would anybody mm -hmm. do this but i guess it's supposed to be played for laughs i don't know and he recognizes what's happening or at least he appears to recognize what's happening and charlie tries to talk his way through it it's and then weird. later tries to like bring the conversation into what was happening it was I think a 2008 me might have felt differently about that scene. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah, it was a great, great way to start an episode. Yeah. Um, now, I'm just like, come on, dude. Like, just don't use your phone then. Like, come on. Silence is golden. Good morning, Mr. Murphy. This is Amy Miller's office. I have Charlie Williams on the line. Can you please hold for Amy? Sure. What's up, Charlie? Yo, E, what's up? What are you working out? Nah, man. Nah, 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 nah. You know, uh, just was up all night and getting no sleep. I'm a little nervous. Ah, uh, nothing to be nervous about. Your script's great. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus, Charlie. <laughs> Gentlemen. Hey, Amy. Hey, Amy, what's up? Well, I loved your script, is what's up. Hey, are you serious? That's phenomenal. Cool. Well, when do we shoot? <laughs> okay, well, slow down. Oh, we need to cast the other roles first. All right, we can do that. Well, you got anybody in mind, Amy? I do, for the owner of the surf shop. And, uh, Eric, I hope you don't mind that I already spoke with him about it. Who? Seth Green. Seth Green? Shit, I love Seth Green. Great. Uh, we have an overall with him, so we just think it would be a perfect fit. I mean, he could be. What you think, E? Uh-huh. Eric, he said you guys are really good friends and that you should just um, call him to lock it down. Yeah, he, uh, I, I think you should do that. You, you should definitely lock it down. Lock it down. Yeah, and I will take this forward. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of Bow Wow as this stand-up comedian client of uh, mm -hmm. Eric's at all. When he quits at the Gap, even though... Right. He hasn't had anything signed or finalized. Mm -hmm. He basically is just like, fuck y'all crew wearing motherfuckers. I'm going to go get myself a TV pilot. It's like, hey, dude, uh, pilots don't get picked up. And like, there's not right. a lot of money in them just buying your script. Like, what are you doing? It just, it feels very impulsive and stupid. You're, so, you're supposed to be rooting for this guy. He's done nothing mm -hmm. redeemable. I don't know. I'm not trying to be super negative, but I just, I just have to call out that like, nothing he does makes sense this episode. Hello? Eric, it's Amy. Just got off the phone with Seth Green. Sounds like you guys had a terrific call. Uh... He wants to sit down with me, you, and Charlie today. Uh... Can you make it in here by four? Yeah, sure. Great. See you here. Charlie, 4 p.m. at the studio. Me, you, Amy, and Seth Green. Are you for real? I sure am. I'll see you there. <laughs> Yo, fuck you crew neck wearing motherfuckers. I just got my own TV show. 
I think a minor detail that bothers me about his character is that he would have been so much better if he played himself. If 100%. he was Bow Wow on the show yes. instead of an actor, like in the, that's a great, the grand that's a great scheme point, of the, the show, like yeah. there's so many people playing themselves. He would have been fucking perfect. That would have been a better launching pad for his acting career, playing himself on that show and just getting to be comfortable with himself in front of the camera than playing a guy who was at you know, the gap and then having sex with like a perfect specimen yeah. of a woman. Like, I mean, there was, let's, you know, it was great. Also, how did that happen when he was working at the gap? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I might um, have a TV pilot that's going to be sold. Yeah. This woman's like, take me home right now, Charlie Bow Wow. No, it's a great yeah. point. I didn't think of that. If like, if Eric is managing musician Bow Wow's like, you know, newfound acting career. That's a really mm-hmm. interesting plot that you get Turtle involved because Turtle's done the music thing. Like there's just, there's so much more meat on that bone than like, here's a yeah. random, not funny dude who's supposed to be a comedian that Eric is managing out of the blue. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that note. Cass, what is the most entourage moment of this episode? And that can be whatever you think it is. The most entourage moment. I'm t- So I, I, I did think about this. I saw this question coming. I was tied between... Charlie Bow Wow just punching Seth Green in the face for that visceral moment. It's the payoff we get every episode. We don't yep. always know when it's going to come. It's not, you know, even the same like ballpark as drama at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. But him just being like, you know, when he looks at Seth Green, it's like, this guy been leading us on for this whole fucking day yeah. and just decks him. I was like, oh, we can all collectively sigh. Yeah. Like, everything's right in the world. What up, B? What up, Seth? So, um, how do you guys know each other anyway? We used to date the same girl. No, we didn't. Uh, you know you had a girl, E? I don't. It was a long time ago. Why, you still talk to her? No, not in a while. You talked to her today. What up, B? How do you know I spoke to her? Because I spoke to her. Oh, you spoke to her? Yeah. Yeah, didn't you tell her to speak to me? Isn't that how we ended up here? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Look, man, you guys got to cut the tension before we go in there. Man. Oh, no, 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 there's no tension, Charlie. Just two tough white guys being true to their primal nature. Well, I can't believe she called you. She did, and then she came over. Don't push me, Seth. And if I do? Well, we've been down that road before, haven't we? Yes, we have, and that road ends with you sucker punching me. Damn, you, you sucker punched the man. You look like I need to sucker punch this kid. I'll take him out in the parking lot right now and throw him a beating. Ooh. But that's what he wants, you know what? And I'm not gonna let him get to me. Well, I've already gotten to you, Eric, and your impossibly hot girlfriend multiple times. And your show is next. Hold on. What you mean by that, sir? Charlie, what if I told you that I won't do your show unless you get rid of Eric? I'd say he's my boy. He ain't going nowhere. Maybe you are. Or maybe I just tell Amy that I really want to do this show, but I'd much rather do it with my close personal friend, international sensation Nick Cannon. Oh, oh. Shut up, guys. Enough. 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 Either that or just Ari taking the stage and just yep. getting to be himself. Because <laughs> early in the episode, it it's maybe the very first Ari scene with his family. We see yep. him interact very differently with his daughter and his son. Uh, we get the vulnerable side of Ari, but also very quick-witted, like just being dad being dad. You know, my child's too young to talk to him and like that. But like, I'll probably mirror myself a little bit on being able to just like talk to nice. my being in the same way that yeah. Ari does. Uh, but it's a completely different Ari that we see as the episode progresses and just loses his shit at that luncheon. This 
I don't know. I, I would flip a coin between those two moments. What about I you? Love that. So mine is a little, it's not like a moment, but it's just like the thing that happens. And I talked about this two weeks ago with Mike Tamerlando, the episode you listened to. When the boys fly from Hawaii, land, go home, have a meeting with Frank Darabont, go to Ari's office and go out to a bar. It's like the longest day ever. Yeah. Same thing happens this episode. It is a <laughs> two and a half hour drive from Big Bear to LA. He so, is stuck in traffic the whole fucking episode until he's finally in that meeting with Seth Green and then he's a dick to him. Realistically, like I guess it's plausible, but it's not realistic. And I, and I don't mm-hmm. know why this keeps bothering me so much. Maybe it's because I live in Southern California now and people talk about traffic and the highways yeah. and it's the old Californian skit from NYC from a Senate Live. But like, it just like nobody in their right mind would drive from Big Bear to LA back halfway to Big Bear, go back to LA, and then go back to Big yeah. Bear, and not get home before fucking midnight. It's just, yeah. it's, it's insane. It's just too long of a day. And like, again, mm-hmm. I don't know why these episodes can't be broken into two days. It's like always like, oh, we have to do it today because Seth Green will only meet you today, Eric. It just, again, um, I'm not shitting on the show. I'm just pointing out something that, that bothered me after watching it a few times. Yeah, so, gosh, so what does the most entourage moment mean to you? Usually, at least in this moment. It changes. It's just kind of what is so emblematic of the show. And I've watched the show so much and so many people have such an idea of the show. Mm -hmm. It's usually to me when something fanciful and a little unrealistic happens in the boys' favor. That's what I think the most entourage moment is. And I, I think my sense of it has always been before like the phrase XYZ porn became thing, like, wealth porn yeah you know entourage really food porn yeah entourage like completely done that those moments but there there were moments in this episode that they hit me out of nowhere and i was like this is like it's making my skin crawl i don't know this is real the sloan the sloan meeting like that whole interaction oh it's so good and it, it was just fucking classic entourage where like could you imagine being at your ex-girlfriend's house awkwardly looking through the door like a fucking stalker and she walks up behind you like what are you doing here and some <laughs> somehow everyone ends up playing it off cool yeah and then your chemistry is reignited like that 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 was pretty perfect i i love it let put a pin in talking about sloan okay. the first time we've seen her she's worth she's worth our attention what was your favorite line or quote from this week's episode and i've got a few of you if you need some help i need some help i don't All know right. that i have a favorite line or quote from this moment all right, so Seth Green says to E a million times, what up, E? Which is what he says to him like a million yeah. times in Vegas. Yeah. It's a nice callback to how annoying he was then and how annoying mm-hmm. he is now. I like that. And then there's a really quick interaction between Ari and Barbara. Ari goes, what time's the luncheon, by the way? I'd love to show up. And she goes, sorry, no men allowed. And he goes, oh, so it's more of a rug munchin than a luncheon. <laughs> and it's just, that's like comedy writing 101. It's so yeah. good. It's just, it's funny. I, uh, that, would be an ex- that would be an example of a line that I, if I, um, it, when I hear that in real time, it's one of those moments that's like, whoever was the writer in that room is funnier than me and they're always going to be better at their job. And it's a reminder that I was probably never going to get a job on TV. And it's why I do what I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's just clever. Send yeah. you down a spiral of like self doubt. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Good morning, Barbara. Thank you for the flowers, Ari. Was that your idea, Lloyds? My partner has been named the 33rd most powerful woman in Hollywood, and you think that I wouldn't care enough to send flowers? I'm hurt. Just checking. What time is the luncheon, by the way? I'd love to show up. Uh, no men allowed. So it's more of a rug munching than a luncheon. 
music. Uh, yeah, music day and night. Keep cutting. Day and night. Amazing. Yeah. Eric uh, that, pulls up to the pizza place, receives a phone call that Seth's not going to be yeah. there, but we hear Day and Night by Tid Tuddy. It had just been released in February of 2008 from a Tid named Tuddy and Man on the Moon, The End of Day. That is so emblematic of like the mid-aughts hip-hop. It's so good. Such a fucking banger. And then it led to those, there was a series of Day and Night parties in New York. Oh. That were. It was like, before there were day clubs in Vegas, It was they were happening in New York. It was absolutely insane the first time i went to one was with an axe axe the brand it was a party and a couple guys who worked for the brand ended up getting in a fist fight it was the most surreal thing ever like everyone everyone was blacked out before too was i got an iphone that day Uh, you got an iphone i somehow broke my android that day um but it was like you know earliest these are the only things i really remember from that day but it's actually pretty much a very uh entourage experience where we're having a a good brunch things are getting weird they they brought in a mixologist to create some special cocktails for our group and then all of a sudden you saw the lights flicker you're like what was that was like was that real and within 10 minutes they're just coming out with like double magnum champagne wow bikinis sparklers uh my you know 10 minutes later i think i'm in the bathroom with jonathan chibon the food god or whatever his name is on instagram (laughs) He's like one of these weird influencers in the Kardashian clan. It was like, oh, John. It, and it's one of those moments, very similar to the show. You're like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? <laughs> um, and day and night just brings back the best memories. So it's it's a it's a track that I can like pick out of a, a needle in a haystack. Yeah. It's a lot different than me, who like remembers like playing it at house parties in Lincoln yeah. Park and like you know the floor being sticky with beer and I was underage, yeah. so I needed someone to you know a lot lot smaller, but you know still a banger. That whole album is incredible. I saw Tatiana and Coachella like three four years ago, and it's one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Hey, Seth, I'm here. Well, that is hilarious. Oh yeah, why is that? Because this morning you were in the mountains and I was in LA, and now you're in LA and I'm on the beach. Oh, yeah, that is funny, Seth. No, 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 it's not funny. It's hilarious. Eric, if you just had a sense of humor, you would get that. Okay. Well, it's been great catching up with you. Oh, so cold, so cold. Listen, man, I really want to do your guys' show. I really think it's a hit. I just, dude, I don't want to work with a guy that sucker punched me. I didn't sucker punch you, Seth. We were face to face, and you were saying some not so nice things. You're still sensitive about your girl, Sloan? Sloan's not my girl anymore. Really? That's too bad. Yeah, well. You know what, Eric? You should call Sloan, and you should tell her to call me and ask me to do your show. Oh, yeah, right. That's exactly what I'm going to do, Seth. Well, you should do that. That's what you will do if you want me to do your pilot. Click. Celebrity cameos. There's really only one, and it's Seth Green, who we've touched on. And I don't know if he's the best celebrity cameo, the worst celebrity cameo. Let's let's just talk about him a little more. He's been in the business for 28 years. He actually worked the commercial circuit with Kevin Connolly when they both were like these adorable freckle-faced redhead kids they both yeah. were in a matchbox car wash commercial for like a okay. the you know the hot wheel type thing so like you can look that up on youtube and yeah has made uh quite a good amount of money uh from can't hardly wait rat race the austin powers films without a paddle he just has been steadily working since the late 80s until now 47 years old have you seen his wife she's uh i have not quite a looker <laughs> i mean yeah he's 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 killing it Family well, die, robot a, chicken. A, that's the money. He, he's a household name, which is just crazy. Like, it's funny. It's fucking Seth Green. I mean, my earliest memory of him is Airborne, uh, one of Cameron Lango's, you know, best best six yep. second recaps. Uh, yep. The, the rollerblading movie. He's the cousin Wiley Cincinnati. I'm like, who's this fucking guy? 
Um, and Can't Hardly Wait is, to me, the best expression of that comedy genre from the era. Like, it just, it just did it. I yep. don't know, you know, and it, the time in life when we were just dudes quoting movies, that was it. There was life so was simpler. Fucking, life was simpler I, in the uh, late nineties, right? It like, was perfect. When you could just go, go. Who's gonna want you now, Amanda? <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know a person named Amanda at the time, and it just always worked. Um, <laughs> and so when he showed up on Entourage in Vegas, it's like, oh, Seth Green's. He's just that guy who's been there my whole life. But this episode, man, he just got so deeply under my skin. And then I started obsessing with all of his mannerisms. He was just constantly like performative on the phone, wearing fucking cargo pants and shoes on the beach. Like, bro, yeah, sh- shorts and flip-flops, lose the flip-flops. No one's going to steal them. You're a celebrity. Unless they're going to steal them because you're a celebrity, but it's fine. <laughs> um, you're, you're hosting what appears to be a pool party. You're the only one who doesn't look like you're having a good time. You're making everyone uncomfortable. Um, and just the awkward tension of the Sloan stuff. It's, I mean, like, can you imagine a fucking complete weirdo, like your nemesis calling you and be like, we can do business if you call your ex. Like, no, dude, like business is fine. I'll go make, I'll go make more money elsewhere. Like, yeah. fine. We'll, we'll yeah. move on to somebody else. As a 16 year old, maybe it's funny, but as men in business in our thirties, it's like, why would anyone entertain this? Why does he yes. lower himself to this level to get really, like, basically like antagonized by him all episodes? He really does seem to be all in it for Charlie on a Vince level at this point, but Charlie's not Vince. Like, why is he debasing himself for Seth Green? But there is, you know, there's really good chemistry between Ian Sloan eventually. So it's maybe, I I didn't see those machinations going in E's brain, but like maybe there was something there and maybe he did it just to reopen that that chapter in his life. Or maybe the writers did it to shoehorn in Emmanuel Shriti. So let's talk about it. Keeper or Sleeper is the girl of the week someone you want to see more of or someone you'd rather just see them like you know leave behind and every time sloan's on the screen i'm happy to see her and uh, and, yeah, and she it's was, been she was great it's was been great. 10 episodes since she's been around they they haven't seen her all season obviously she plays a much bigger role in the next couple seasons mm-hmm. and uh her and he eventually get hitched and then there's a pregnancy and all this stuff that i think most listeners of this pod should know but it's great to see her I, I i agree with you that scene though is so lathered in awkwardness he thanks her for the water like three separate times right. i've definitely been that guy i have nothing and, else to say i mean i'm gonna talk was, about the thing in my hand he was just standing at her door he hadn't <laughs> rung the doorbell he was just awkwardly looking through i'm trying to imagine being in his shoes and being at my ex's house <laughs> and her walking up behind or you know i say her any of them walking yeah. up behind me and being like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Without a um, phone call, nothing. Just nothing, showing up nothing. on the front. And, and then and he's like, I, I should have called. Like, yes, bro, you should have fucking <laughs> called. You immediately should. Like, step one, call. Yeah. Like, He does this weird thing. She's like, so you don't have a girlfriend? He goes, actually, I have a fiance. I'm getting married in June. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. I just wanted to see if you still cared. And it's like, dude, let that one breathe a little bit, man. That was a- that was He a says miss. that. And, he goes, and it gets real smooth. He says, I should have let that breathe more. I was like, fuck, that's smooth. <laughs> yeah, he did but it. It's, it's also clear, like, she's more- She's, she's interested. into it. She's yeah. still in, she's into it. Um, And she's very forthcoming with the knowledge that she had broken up. Yep. So uh, it, it's obvious the chemistry's there. 
she's i mean as far as all, all of the ladies on screen in that episode she's she's the greatest of of the episode undeniably um, i mean babs just gets steamrolled i yeah. can't give her i can't give her too much credit in that like it would have been awesome if she just punched Ari in the dick or something, but like it's not gonna happen. Um, you're not gonna, so you're not gonna do over on Ari in uh yeah. in, in any scenes in Entourage. Yeah. Eric! Jesus. So, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. What are you doing here? I just uh I just came by to talk to you. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, is this okay? I could come back or call. I mean I probably should have called. No, no, it's fine. Come in. Okay. Wow. Place looks amazing. Thanks. I've been redecorating. Yeah, I think maybe you're done. Oh, sadly, I'll never be done. You want a drink? Uh, I'm okay. Are you? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, what's up? Okay, this is uh, this is where we alone. Is my boyfriend here? Yeah. He works. Okay. And we broke up. Really? Mm-hmm. When? A couple months ago. That's oh, too bad. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, anyway. Actually, can I have that water? That yeah, right? of course. <clears throat> so, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> okay, this is so stupid. Hey, look, you're here, and you got me curious, so... Okay. I'm trying to get a TV pilot greenlit, uh -huh. and the studio really, really wants Seth Green. And he says the only way he'll be in it is if you call him and ask him to be. Is this a joke? Probably, but it's all I got, so. Eric, you can't seriously be here because you want me to call Seth Green. I told you it was stupid, but the guy's got a thing for you. Yeah, well, I think he's got a thing for you, and you keep falling for it. <sighs> yeah, I know. No, you're right. Well, you could tell me now, though. I mean, did you guys ever... Are you kidding? Really? You didn't believe me? No, I did. I do. I mean, like, like I appreciate your time and, and the water. Thanks. Do you want me to call Seth Green? No, no, not at all. It was just, I hadn't seen it in a while. I thought it was a good excuse. Not a good one. Well, an excuse. So. You don't have a girlfriend? Actually, uh, I have a fiance. I'm getting married in June. No, <laughs> we kidding. I just wanted to see if you still care. Can you tell if I do? I don't know. I probably should have let it sit there for a little while longer. Well, anyway, I gotta, uh... Yeah, anyway. I gotta get back to Big Bear. You know, Vince is waiting for me, so... As always. Yeah, well, we'll be back soon. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll call you. Maybe I'll answer. Okay, but Thanks for the... I'll see you. Best perk. So this is, like, swag, VIP access. This might not hmm. be applicable for this episode. I, I maybe will... Just take this one and say Ari taking Andrew Klein to the yeah the a dildo Zedna suit store whatever how yeah say it. whatever I I yeah I I'm kind That's... of a well dressed man who yeah. dabbles in the fancier world and I didn't recognize the name and maybe that's an indictment on me or maybe they just didn't want to show what the actual brand was um, it's a it's but, a brand I've seen it like on Mission yeah. Avenue in Chicago and down here yeah. in Palm Springs of course but. Buying him like a three thousand, maybe five thousand dollars suit just for like a ten minute meeting that he has a panache attached to, like, yeah, just, like, pretty yeah. pretty entourage perky in my opinion. Yeah, I like it. Why's everybody looking at me? Because you look good. You look like a douche. 
Andrew, my voice must be heard. You do not look like a douche. You look like a powerful, handsome, new Miller Gold partner. You stick with me, Andrew, and that won't be the last offer you have for a blowjob today. <laughs> How would this episode be different today, plot-wise? And that doesn't mean like, oh, cancel culture stuff. You know, I, uh, I the first one I, I will, before let me interrupt, the first one I'll say is like, Eric won't be driving anywhere. He can just have all these meetings over Zoom with, <laughs> with Amy Miller and Seth Green. 100%. Except, yeah. except Seth Green was such a prick. He probably yeah. would have been actively making Eric try and form him around. Yeah. I also do think that Bow Wow's character would not have been working at the Gap. He would have been nope. an Uber driver. He yeah, would have been Eric, Eric's Uber driver. <laughs> you know, Bow Wow would be a TikTok star. He wouldn't be like some failing stand-up comedian. Yeah. He'd be like someone who makes funny videos. Wouldn't even be like a comedian. He'd just be, he's got something like that's a nice touch or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, uh, the, the luncheon might not have existed to begin with. That would have probably been dinner related. There probably would have been a lot of phones up recording Ari and like Definitely not we, no we. Uh, oh no, we sports. sports. Yeah. yeah, no we yeah, sports. Definitely. No we sports tennis at the end it would have been some sort of virtual reality that you already didn't even know about that. Yep. Because yep. that at the end it did feel like product placement to me. Oh uh, yeah. You know we had been around for a couple of years, but it was still a hard thing to get at the time. Like. Yep. You know, it was only a year or two removed from my friends and I like camping out at Best Buy over the night to like buy four and flip them. Um, <laughs> so, like it was still a hot commodity. And uh, I-, I think it would be something cool that I didn't even know about yet. Yeah, some sort of Oculus, like early, mm-hmm. bird, yeah, something like that. I, I completely yeah. some metaverse bullshit. Faces in the crowd. I don't think there's any good ones for this episode, unless you had any, like just someone in the mm-hmm. background who, yeah, it's, this, is, this is a rare episode where you don't really recognize someone who's a supporting actor, but a lot mm. of good actors in this episode, which brings us to Six Man Award. Who are you giving this one to? Someone who just comes off the bench and lights it up for their scene or a few minutes that they have. Uh, I'll kick it over to you first. Let me hear what you right. So I'm going to give it to Gary Cole because he does a really good job of having a fucking panic attack and being he uncomfortable does. in the yeah, suit. And I think the whole scene with Ari, Barbara, and Andrew uh, you know, the actors specifically, respectively, mm-hmm. those are three of the best actors on the show. Beverly yeah. D'Angelo, Derry Cole, and Jeremy Piven are like, they're they're yeah. they're rock stars. They have long yeah. and storied film and TV careers and know how to act. So the three of them in that room, it's it's you can cut the awkwardness with a knife. You can see Ari like scrambling while his buddies just mm-hmm. fucking clamming up, and you can see Barbara getting pissed and watching out. It's it's really, really, really good and it's all kind of on the back of this gary cole slash andrew klein panic attack so i'll give it to him uh if i have to give it you guys are late i uh i didn't know we had a formal time so <laughs> wow babs that color really makes your your eyes pop so how have you been andrew well, I've, been, I've been good i've been really good is it hot in here no i don't think so mm. I've gone over your company's numbers and it's pretty impressive what you've done. Very impressive. From the valley. Can you imagine what this guy does with a 90210 zip on his business card? (laughs) Well, some people are big stars in the minors and can't swing the bat when they get called up. I wouldn't consider what I've been doing the minors, Barbara. Nor would I. Well, you represent, it seems, every working staff writer in town. How did you sign them? Barbara. Okay, let, let, let me rephrase. How do you feel you could tailor your successful approach to signing staff writers to signing, say, Julia Roberts? Oh, it's hot in here. Pretend I'm Julia Roberts, Andrew. 
Tell me what you'd say to impress me. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? Pitch me. Wow, Julie, it's amazing how much you look like Eric Roberts. <laughs> do you mind if I just step out for a moment? Andrew. I just need a fucking breath. No, sorry. Listen, you, you can use my office. Sorry. Ari? No, listen, he just needs a fucking I breath. I need a moment. Okay. Yeah, please. Lloyd, take him to my office. Are you joking with this? Are you? He's having a panic attack. No, he's not, and you're being mean. Not since my second husband have I seen such a loser. The answer is no. Barbara! Ari, I don't think he's okay. I'll be back. I'll be gone. You wait for me, Barbara! I'm going to really go out on a limb here and give it to Seth Green. I'm gonna give him wow. the benefit of the I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that like if he was our third party right here, he wouldn't be the guy I've built him up to be in my head. It, you know, I, I've never met him in person. I've I've been fortunate enough to meet plenty of celebrities. I've never met him yeah. in person. I don't know any of his close friends. Um, so everything I, I've been led to believe and know about Seth Green, I've kind of been led to believe about Entourage. Yeah. Or, or his roles in shows. Where, uh, you know, but Entourage is, he's theoretically playing himself. But when people are playing themselves, often they're not. So I'm going to say that he deserves it because he made me hate him so much <laughs> that there's a pretty good chance he was acting and just knew how to really push our buttons. I love it. A little redemption arc for Seth yeah. Green coming from Cass here. Mm -hmm. So much, so much Seth Green slander out of the date, but I, yeah. I completely agree with you. He does the job. Great. It's under yeah. his skin. It's under our skin. We can't stop talking about how much he annoyed us. Like yeah. it's, it's perfect. Favorite drama moment. I'll be honest. This is not a Johnny drama heavy episode. He, mm -hmm. He's pretty much sidelined the entire time, he's, literally he's, in some ways. Right. He's got four lines, you know, like when uh, when Vinny's filming, and then at the end, he's like, "Weird day, bro. Like yeah. weird day." Yeah, uh, and that's that's kind of the only drama moments that are really. There's a little line at the beginning when you know Eve finds out he has to call Seth Green, and Turtle goes "fuck Seth Green," and Drama goes "yeah, I still that part of his French tooth lodged in one of my knuckles." <laughs> sure, actually, that the car was really good. I I do vividly recall when um when E says like something about no, I don't have a wet pussy, and the enunciation of it, yeah, it just the you know the moment that sets the tone. Drama, drama's disgust. Yeah. It's like it it just it really captures how I yeah. felt in that moment. So that's like, my job. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what kind of call is this dude? Like, who takes yeah. his phone calls? Yeah, I love that. It's 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 probably the best drama performance of the episode. It's just that one little utterance. Mm -hmm. of, Good God! Yeah. Favorite Ari Gold moment. We've talked about a lot of them. We've talked about the the outbursts at the meeting. We've talked about the the more happy family man moment with his kids. Mm -hmm. I have one more that I, I wanted to bring up. Ari being sincere to Barbara, or for what we think is sincere. He's very mm -hmm. level with her. Lloyd's standing to the side, and he goes, would you please, as a favor to me, consider meeting with Andrew, please? And she's like, please? And he's like, yes, sincerely, please. She goes, all right, I'll meet the schnook. He goes, with an open mind, please. She goes, oh, okay, with an open mind. Have a good day, Ari. He goes, have a good day, Babs. And then he just like can't help himself. He said, like, you nasty twat. I can't make any <laughs> promise. And just like stalks around his office. Bad, listen, I just want to apologize for putting you on the spot last night. <laughs> I don't get put on the spot, but apology accepted. That's very kind of you. Would you please, as a favor to me, consider meeting Andrew and giving him a chance? Please. Please. Yes, sincerely, Barbara, please. Okay, I'll meet the schnook. With an open mind, please. Yes, with an open mind, but I'm not making any promises. Okay, your consideration is all I can ask for. 
Have a good day, Art. You too, and congrats again, Babs. You nasty twat. I can't make any promises. I can't make any promises. Floyd! Every one of us has had that moment in business. We're like, we've had a, a conversation we've never wanted to have. We've gone and slammed the door and just motherfucked that person behind their bed. It, mm -hmm. just, it has to be done. I like that for a performance from Ari. It's, it was great. That certainly did fit. I think it's a clear favorite of me at the luncheon. Uh, the dad moment is something, you know, I never would have noticed in 2008, but now like being a dad, those like moments that you get to steal with your children, that was good. Even yeah. just like arguing about food it's my biggest fucking pet peeve with a toddler but also like when he's asleep i'm like oh that was that was kind of a nice moment today nice shit but yeah those are good i am yeah. not a father not yet a father and they still yeah. kind of go over my head but i can definitely appreciate those moments more for painting a more well-rounded picture of ari gold because when you think of ari mm -hmm. gold you think of the crazy rants the, the stunts mm -hmm. But I do a good job of showing his family life and, and also how he neglects his family life for, for a very long period of time. You know, like upon rewatching the show, like they really do soften him in moments that I didn't see when I was younger. Like the way that he really looked after that crew unlike anything else, is it's special. Our, and Jeremy Piven can play soft. That's what he did. He can kind of put mm -hmm. on the waterworks. He can, oh, yeah. he can really, he can paint sadness over his face very naturally. And I, yeah. and I, and I appreciate it. I appreciate that aspect of the performance much more than I ever did when I was 22 watching this. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, is it too much to ask for a goddamn egg in the house? What's your problem? What's your problem? <laughs> Be more immature. Listen, if a man can't have breakfast cooked for him, is it too much to expect a trip to the store so he can cook it for himself? Mom cooks us breakfast every morning. You're always at work. Let me get this straight. All women defend each other blindly? Daddy! There he is, finally a man who can understand me. <laughs> hey, Jonah, you hungry? Mm-hmm. Uh, how about some eggs? Yes, please. You want to tell me what's really bothering you? You would not understand. You are a delightful, unspoiled little girl. I'm 15 and obviously more adult than you. So, what's your problem? Okay, little Miss Adult. My problem is that I can't run my business the way I want to, not with that woman as my partner. Your mother controls me at home. She controls me at work. Where can a man be a man? A man can be a man when he stops whining and asks for things nicely. I asked her. You asked her or you told her. You need to convince a woman. Listen, Andrew Klein is a good agent with good clients, okay? Barbara shouldn't need convincing. So explain that to her nicely. Really? You think that'll work? You pretended you were nice and you got mom. Oh, is that what she told you? Huh? <laughs> mom said she fixed you. Ha, 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 little man. Girls have cooties. Um, Mia doesn't have cooties. I like her. No, she has cooties. She has cooties. Last couple questions, Tass. Who besides Vince won this week's episode of Entourage? Because Vince usually wins every week, but Vince does not win this week. He, in fact, gets shit on by the director the whole time. 100% E. Without question, E. He, you know, he reopens the door with Sloan. His client fucking decks Steph Green in the face after, like, one of the most annoying days of uh, E. Hands down. All right. Love it. Yeah. I'll agree with you. I'll also say special consideration for Ari. He does get what he wants from his partner and, you know, embarrasses mm -hmm. her and goes about it in kind of the wrong way, but like gets his buddy hired, which I guess if that was his goal of this episode, he accomplished it more than anybody else who had any goals this episode. So was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage? And we can do pluses and minuses. B minus. B minus. I mean, it seems like, you know, where it's set in the season it's not the pet. I think maybe the next episode is a penultimate. 
Yep. It wasn't. It wasn't a show that did a ton of filler, but you know, as seasons progress, penultimate and then yep. finale are always going to be heaters, right? Yep. So they were kind of there was just a lot of wheels in motion, and a lot of moving plot lines that needed to happen in order to achieve what was going on in Vince's career, like. Drama basically got nothing out of it. E kind of just reopened the doors. Ari opened, you know, some older doors. So I think it was, it was, it was a good crossing point between episodes. Uh, B minus. Okay, I, I'll I'll go a little lower than you. I'll go like C C minus only so because you skipped I've... C. I thought you were doing an A list, B list, D list here. I, I would have I, just... I would have. I would have hard C. I, but like, I, I, here's what I have written down. I have D plus written on the sheets because I okay. I did not love this episode. But in us talking about it, you've mm-hmm. helped me gain a little bit more appreciation for the Ari thing, the more appreciation for the awkwardness of the Sloan E thing. So I'm yes. raising my grade. <laughs> that scene is so fucking like. It's great. You just put your shoes. <laughs> it, it, put yourself in the shoes of dealing with your ex in the way that E did in that moment. It's 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 incredible. But so I, I kind of think that like the trifecta of the Seth Green, Charlie plot, the German director telling Vince he has a head tilt, and then Ari begging his business partner to hire his buddy. Those are just three kind of weak plots that don't Truly. really affect it. And then if we looked at these three episodes that we're in the middle of here as like the three smoke jumpers episodes where he's on set, it's the mm-hmm. weakest of the three. So True. it's kind of, it's also weirdly the first dud of the season, like we had like yeah. a Dom episode a couple of weeks ago that like was fun to rewatch, but isn't super strong plot wise. Like I'm, I might lower this back down to a D plus. I didn't hate it, but I watched this going, man, this wasn't like a super strong episode and nothing mm-hmm. about this is memorable. So in that, on that note, Tess, I have to apologize for inviting you on for this episode. <laughs> I will, you'll have to bring him back for a better episode. I will. But he, Absolutely. So something I've considered though, do you feel like the quality of an episode lives and dies by Eric's position? Cause I feel like the, the worst he comes off or the work like the more frustrated i am with eric and any given episode same goes for vince as well but as you pointed out earlier vince never loses the more frustrated i am with whatever's happening in eric's life at any given moment without there being payoff at the end and in this instance eric got the payoff his like nemesis got fucking decked and it was like all right awesome um if that didn't happen i would have walked away from this being like Fuck. He's the avatar for the audience. He's he's us. Mm-hmm. He's if what if your buddy gets super famous and you're trying to navigate the world around your buddy? Yeah. So like he's you know, and when we had Jerry Ferrar on at this point two years ago, he's like Kevin Connolly would always complain that he never gets to have any fun because he's always just like trying to make things work and he never gets to say the funny thing or have the cool, you know, plot line of something interesting happening to him. But that's because he's the most relatable down to earth and let the Absolutely. people the person that people see themselves the most as, which is a perfect transition to my last question, Tass, which is who are you in your own real life entourage? It's a really good question. Um, I think it changes day by day. I think on any given day, I'm rarely Vince. Maybe I'm at the Cannes Film Festival and I'm a Vince. <laughs> I was going to say that story. <laughs> other than that, like I oscillate between a drama who's kind of just living in the past. <laughs> and now that I'm like, you know, I've got a three and a half year old. I'm yeah. like, Oh, glory days. Um, Eric, where I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders and I'm trying to take care of ton, too many employees at any given moment. Or Turtle, where I could just, <laughs> just want to like help. I just want to help my friends, but I, yeah. I, I, I might not always have the experience required to help them. 
I love that answer. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, We definitely have to have you back. And I mean that, like, I want to give you a a, a more meatier Mm -hmm. episode of Entourage. Um, Yes, I would would prefer, but, you know, give me a good one next time. You got it. You got it. Thanks for joining. Where can the listeners find you, follow you? You can find us on, uh, find me on BroBible, BroBible.com, Caspa, C-A-S-S-P-A on Twitter, Um, Instagram. If you want to see me, it's Cass Anderson, but that's literally just going to be boring photos of a child. So, uh, Stick to Twitter for my shit posts and Bro Bible for articles. BroBible.com. Good friends of the pod. Good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, dude. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Guys, I will Thank talk you. to you next Monday. Thank you for having me.